You're listening to the Pilot Photog Podcast. I'm your host, Juan, also known as Tog. Let's listen to the story of what could be the most modified F-15 ever. F-15 serial number 71-0290. This episode is part three in the series on the F-15. If you haven't heard the previous two episodes, I'll leave a link in the show notes. The F-15, known as serial number 71-0290, rolled off the assembly lines and into history in 1973 as the sixth F-15 ever produced and the first two-seater F-15. Intended to be used as a trainer for the then all-new F-15, this model was given the designation TF-15. That alone may have been enough to make it a notable eagle, but almost from its beginnings, this airplane was destined for research and discovery. In the late 1970s, the development teams at the Langley Research Center began exploring the concepts and benefits of thrust vectoring. These studies looked at 2D thrust vectoring along with thrust reversing, and as early as 1982, a model of an F-15 with 2D nozzles was produced. Shortly thereafter, aircraft 71-0291 was fitted with 2D nozzles and canards and flown as a proof of concept. Based on this, a contract was awarded to further study these enhancements and this became known as the STOL-MTD, or Short Takeoff and Landing Maneuver Technology Demonstrator. Prior to becoming part of the STOL-MTD program, aircraft 71-290 was busy serving as a testbed for what would become the F-15E Strike Eagle. The Strike Eagle was McDonnell Douglas's response to the Enhanced Tactical Fighter Program, or ETF. Its competitor was the General Dynamics F-16XL a beloved aircraft that lost out due to its single engine and higher production costs due to its modified wing. Getting back to the STOL-MTD program and aircraft 71-290, in 1988, as part of this program, the aircraft was given the distinct red, white, and blue paint scheme, making one of the most recognizable aircraft ever to take to the skies above Edwards Air Force Base. The STOL-MTD program had several goals. Aside from the benefits of having a highly maneuverable airplane in a dogfight, one of the key drivers of the program was an effort to improve ABO, or air-based operability. ABO deals with the survival and performance of combat aircraft operating out of damaged or partially destroyed airfields. The STOL-MTD program investigated ways that aircraft could take off from bomb-damaged runways that were also wet, which made for highly challenging conditions that would render most conventional aircraft unusable. By using the aircraft's canards, reversible thrust engines, and exhaust nozzles that can deflect thrust up to 20 degrees, the STOL-MTD program achieves some remarkable results, including Controlled flight at angles of attack as high as 85 degrees In-flight rapid deceleration caused by thrust reversals Takeoffs with rotation speeds as low as 42 miles an hour And landing on a 1,650-foot runway as opposed to the Eagle's standard 7,500 feet. All of this would be accomplished by 1991. It is interesting to note that the forward canards used on 71-0290 were actually derivatives of the FA-18 stabilators. Upon completion of the STOL MTD program, NASA acquired the aircraft on loan from the Air Force in 1993. Under NASA, the aircraft was designated number 837. However, upon closer inspection of the tail, you can see the Air Force serial number 71-290. Additionally, since it was a full-time research vehicle, the aircraft was given the classification of 
NF-15B. In service with NASA, the engines were replaced with Pratt & Whitney F-100-229s. The F-100-229 is used on production F-15E Strike Eagles, and the ones used on A-37 included thrust vectoring nozzles that allowed the exhaust to be rotated 20 degrees in any direction while adding minimal weight from the production engines. In this configuration, the aircraft first served in the Advanced Control Technology for Integrated Vehicles, or ACTIVE, program. The ACTIVE program investigated pitch, yaw, balance beam nozzles, or PYBBN, along with Advanced Control Logic programming. The ACTIVE program itself yielded some interesting milestones. In 1996, the first supersonic yaw vectoring flight was achieved with pitch and yaw vectoring at speeds of up to Mach 2. On later flights, yaw vectoring was obtained at angles of attack as high as 30 degrees. Additionally, successful development and testing of an adaptive performance software program occurred. This performance optimization program, which was part of the aircraft's flight control software, would automatically calculate the best trim or settings for the thrust vectoring nozzles, along with aircraft control surfaces to minimize drag. The software is so effective that on its last flight in 1996, a speed increase of Mach 0.1 was gained with no increase in engine power at 30,000 feet. Subsequent test data from aircraft A-37 was used to improve the F-15E Strike Eagle's performance on ground attack missions. The active program ran from 1993 through 1999, and following the conclusion of the active program, aircraft A-37 would continue to serve as a testbed for NASA. Next up was the High Stability Engine Control or HiSTEC program, which looked at a computerized system that would allow the aircraft's computers to enact engine trim changes to prevent sudden in-flight engine compressor stalls which could lead to engine failure. The concept was successfully validated over a dozen test flights. Following HiSTEC, the aircraft participated in high-speed research acoustics. As some of you know, an ongoing challenge with commercial supersonic travel is the loud sonic booms that are produced. At the time, the high-speed civil transport, a proposed second-generation American supersonic jetliner, was being worked on. Since aircraft 837 had thrust vectoring nozzles, it was thought that a solution could be found to reduce engine noise. The theory was that by fully expanding the exit area of the nozzles, that the hot jet exhaust entering the cooler air would reduce noise. Interestingly, this involved flying the aircraft in precise patterns over an array of 30 microphones which were spread out over a mile at Edwards Air Force Base. After the acoustics research concluded, the Intelligent Flight Control System, or ICFS project, designated aircraft 837 as its primary research aircraft in 1999. The IFCS project implemented a neural network along with control algorithms that would diagnose and react to changes in aircraft stability and performance for both normal and failure conditions. This adaptive neural network algorithm learns the new flight parameters in real time and helps the pilot either maintain or regain control as the situation warrants. Another research project that A37 was involved in was the Space Base Range Demonstration and Certification, which was part of the Exploration, Communications, and Navigation Systems program. This project focused on developing and demonstrating space-based communication links for tracking data, telemetry, and flight termination systems. The hope was that by developing a space-based communication system, operational costs of ground-based stations would be reduced, along with applications for manned and unmanned aircraft systems being developed. The final research project, conducted by Aircraft 837, was the Lift and Nozzle Change Effects on Tailshock or Landsets project, 
The goal of the Landsat's project was to generate computer models that could assist in designing supersonic civilian aircraft that could reduce noise created by sonic booms while traveling over land. Aircraft 837 participated by having another NASA NF-15B measure the shockwave coming from Aircraft 837's exhaust, wake, and tail surfaces. Once again, while the research showed promising results, practical civilian supersonic travel remained out of reach. After a long and storied career, Aircraft 71-0290, also known as 837, the sixth ever F-15 produced, and the first two-seater F-15 took to the skies one last time on January 30, 2009. Having an illustrious career that spanned 35 years, which included 14 at NASA Dryden, it was time for A-37 to fly off into the sunset. A-37 goes down in history as the first ever aircraft to demonstrate a self-repairing flight control system, a fully integrated inlet engine flight control system, and a propulsion-only flight control system. You'd be hard-pressed to find an F-15 that has served more roles and contributed so much to aviation research. Blue skies and tailwinds. Thank you for all that you have done, 837. Today, you can find 837 on display at Edwards Air Force Base. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. You can also check out my YouTube channel. I'll leave the link in the show notes below. And lastly, you can find me on any social media platform at Pilot Photog. Be well, stay safe, and see you next time.